Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition crossover collaboration episode of Believe in UCLA and Believe in UCLA Football. My name is Sam Conan. I'm joined here by James Williams and we're going to talk some uh, surprising news came out of nowhere yeah. today from, from my perspective. I don't know about you, James, but UCLA and USC are reportedly leaving the Pac-12 and plan to join the Big Ten as soon as 2024. So mm-hmm. that came from John Wilner reporting uh, late Thursday morning. And a lot of people have confirmed that there are other reports coming out about how or why or when or everything that's going on. But yeah, this is crazy, James. Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, first of all, Sam, great to see you again. It's been a little, it's been a little while. Um, yep, good to you see know, you too. I, I, I woke up fully expecting to be in full NBA free agency basketball mode and, um, seeing what was going on, obviously, um, UCLA alum, uh, Russell Westbrook was someone I was keeping an eye on. Obviously looks like he's staying with the Lakers, but, um, yeah, wasn't, uh, expecting to wake up to any sort of UCLA football or basketball movement, um, especially conference wise, but. Here we are. And uh, so that's what I woke up to this morning. And good morning to you, Sam. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty shocking. Uh, I, I I think it's kind of interesting because this is what maybe the replacement in a way for Oklahoma, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, again, maybe Lincoln Riley's back at home in his conference, right? Because the conference he just left from. But all right, um, they're going Big Ten instead of Big 12. Or Big Ten yeah, instead yeah, of Big yeah. Twelve. But yeah, but he's yeah he's going back. And I don't know. Mid, that I don't know. And everything. He's going to the back to the. He's going back to the Midwest. There's all these conferences. Heck, by 2024, like I don't know what these conferences will look like. I don't know who will be in it, and I think that's the confusing part, right? It's like we weren't really expecting USC, UCLA, and what does this mean for the Pac-12? Who else might be going? Um, I've already listened to a little bit of other some other radio shows and different things, and people are talking about. Will it be um, Washington and Oregon? Will it be the Arizona schools? Will it be Cal and Stanford? And maybe that way you have four California teams um, in that Big Ten conference, and then you got those. um, Maybe you're going to guarantee everybody in the conference at least one California game on the schedule every year, something along those lines, right? So, so many different possibilities that can happen. Um, And again, I don't know what this looks like for the big, for the Pac-12, and I'm very excited for Pac-12 Media Day. Oh yeah, and that's uh, just just let, under a month away, and we're we're getting our credentials now and everything. Yeah, they just put out they just put out for that, right? <laughs> and yeah, I'll I'll see you there, and uh, I'm definitely mm-hmm. interested to hear what uh, George Kravkov, yeah. the new commissioner who started what a a year ago, it was tomorrow. Like yes, <laughs> like oh, we're almost exactly to a year, and I remember you know there was a lot of promising words and talk and and a, a lot of good stuff at the time right of, of what the future was going to be and where where did where is the lions stand now what what's you know everything that's been going on like where i don't even know like that's a whole other hour that could be spent on this but it's just just crazy of a reaction when you first heard about this sam um and you see it come across your phone are you are you in shock? Do you don't do you not believe it? What what are your initial thoughts when you kind of hear it? It was it was funny because it kind of took me back to last summer 
when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 for right. the SEC. And then, and then yeah. that kind of, that was obviously a huge deal. And then maybe a few days later, there's all the talk about the realignment and do the Pac-12 and Big 12 merge or does the Pac-12 poach teams and how is it going to be a power four? And then there were a few little things about do you does UCLA and, and Oregon, USC, do those schools maybe try right. to go to the Big Ten? And it was kind of laughed off. And now here we are 11 but, but, months later. And, and it, it's it's real. <laughs> so that was the first thing that it, popped in my head. Yeah. Like that seemed so fake. And now all these people are reporting it, and did. it seems imminent. It's crazy. So again, I, I do the UCLA, uh, believe in UCLA football podcast with former linebacker Josh Woods. And I remember, I think I reached out on Twitter for questions. Hey guys, send me questions or something like that, like two weeks ago. And I think this is one of the questions. Like, <laughs> oh, UCLA is going to be switching conferences. It, I'll have to go back and see if it was Pac-12 or Big 12 or Big 10. And I'm just like, I kind of half ignored it because I'm like, there's no way they're leaving the Pac-12. That would be insane. Why would they, you know, they're, they have that whole map figured out. They've been in that conference for however long now. There's no way they're ever going to split from that, right? Well, here we are. Um, and just kind of look at it, right? Who else is in the Big Ten? You have like you got, you have Michigan and, stuff, right? and Michigan State, Ohio State, uh, Ohio Illinois, State. Indiana, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Iowa. Um, who, who else do you have? Uh, Rutgers, Purdue? Maryland, um, Purdue, Penn State. Um, I'm probably it's gonna be leaving one or two be, off there, but it, it's, it's gonna stacked. be like a coast to coast kind of deal, right? Like, well, yeah, people were sharing the the picture of the map. This is this is the new big. Oh, I haven't even seen it's the all map, the, yeah. the Midwest plus like Rutgers mm -hmm. and Maryland and, Rutgers, and Penn right? State and is then, like a little yeah. Mid Atlantic, but it's mostly Midwest. Mm -hmm. And then you got all the way over here, like 1,800 yeah. miles away, you got UCLA mm -hmm. and USC. <laughs> but I think that's what, I think that's what, that's why the idea is going to, like, the talk's going to have, like, that can't be it for the West Coast. Like, there has to be more. Like, there's no I, I way there know. can I, be. I right? think they're, if you're the Big Ten and, and you have a, a media deal, your media rights are up for negotiation, I think their deal yeah. runs out next year. Okay. I think they were really just, I mean, from what I've seen, there are a few reports that it's, it's hard to keep them all straight, like Nicole Auerbach and Pete Tamil and John Wilner, mm -hmm. so many people breaking news on this kind of stuff. It's hard to keep track of who broke what, but I did see something that, uh, that USC kind of started this, brought UCLA along with them and they went, of course to they the, did. and they went to the big 10 about this. And the, mm -hmm. the big 10, the, the, the big wigs over there are like, uh, yes, please. Thank you. That works yeah, for us. Right. Sign um, us up. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think because the, who knows where their media deal goes in the future, but they're obvious the big 10 and Fox are obviously very close. Uh, they have a deal. Fox owns yeah. part of the big 10 network and Fox is based in LA and has a lot of strong UCA. That's right. USC ties. And is UC, yeah. right close, right there next to UCLA in terms of where their mm -hmm. studio is and everything. So I think just that getting that LA market, under their belt, um, whether you're Fox who wants it as part of next media deal or you're Big Ten who wants it to jack the price for a next media deal. Right. I, I mean, this could be a billion dollar deal for however many years for, for the Big Ten. And I think that getting the LA market completely rounded out, getting both LA teams is a big part of that for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it's, it's almost always about money. 
Or so if you're UCLA, oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, you join the Big Ten, you get more money because I think the payout for Big Ten schools last year was somewhere in the mid 40 millions per school versus yeah. fiscal year 2021, the Pac-12, it was like 19 million. So oh, I remember seeing those numbers. It was like, yeah, it is yeah, it's it crazy. Was, it so, yeah. so UCLA is getting more money that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're they're getting more money in the media deal. They're getting more eyeballs, more people from the Midwest and East Coast going to watch their games, football, men's basketball, whatever, and getting the money and the eyeballs mm. and you build your brand to more of a national level, maybe where it used to be in yeah. the past and all of that, you win more when you do that, but it, yeah. money and eyeballs don't really ever hurt when you're trying to build an athletic oh, department. N- not at all. And, and again, though, so a few things too that come to mind for me, is like, you talk about brand, right? Like, yeah. You know, obviously UCLA has the Jordan deal or the Jordan brand and Nike coming along. That was a big thing for them. And a lot of people, a lot of fans were excited about that kind of stuff. Maybe in some ways they got reinvested. You know, what does this do for recruiting? Knowing you're going to be going up against teams potentially like a Michigan in Ohio State, for example, right? Like if you know that's going to happen. And then again, you talk about money and you talk about assuming they're playing in the Rose Bowl in 2024. I, I've covered some of the, la- the last three or four Rose Bowl games other than the one that was moved to Texas or whatever. Um, and o- I think Ohio State was in two of those. And Ohio State shows out. And yeah. that's with what? Like a month notice of like, hey, you're in the Rose Bowl. Everyone to plan, plan accordingly. If you tell them a year in advance, hey, you have a game in California, in Pasadena, or in L.A., it's <laughs> – it might look like the LSU situation where it was more LSU fans in the stands or whatever, but um, I think like Ohio state, Michigan, those teams will show out. And I would love, love, love to see what the attendance number at the Rose bowl will look like with some of these schools coming in. Now, again, maybe it, it might not be the, the bandaid for everything, but it'd be a good place to start. I would think. And again, especially for recruiting, right? What do you think this does for, for recruiting? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I'll start on basketball for a second because Mick Cronin and his mm-hmm. staff have been pretty heavily recruiting the the Midwest and mid Atlantic more than you would assume from mm-hmm. UCLA basketball, who you look at where they're situated and how they've recruited yeah. in the past. And you think they go so heavy on, on Southern California and they, they still are to an mm-hmm. extent. Um, but there, there are so many offers to guys from New Jersey and Ohio and, uh, and New York and because that's where Mick Cronin's from, that's where Darren Savino, yeah. his assistant coach, is from. That's where they're comfortable mm-hmm. with. That's where they coached in Cincinnati and Murray State and Louisville and, and that region of the country. They are, are still keeping their recruiting ties strong there. Mm-hmm. And then if you're playing, I don't know, 80 or some, some big percentage of your games in yeah. any given season in that region, you can meet recruit with recruits. You can bring them to games. You can win on the road at Indiana yep. or something and, and mm-hmm. make some noise that way. The, I'm, Mick Cronin being a, a Midwest guy from Cincinnati, not that Cincinnati is in the Big Ten or anything, but right, right. I, I think he has got to absolutely love this because he's going to be playing mm-hmm. those those historic, like nitty-gritty, <laughs> like blue-collar Big Ten teams. And he – People said it from the, the second that he got out West is that he didn't really have that West Coast personality. He didn't really seem mm-hmm. to fit the Pac-12, uh, but but he's made it work and, and he's done done well he's on the court. And done off. pretty well for himself, yeah. Yeah, but 
I think for him, he's going to be psyched to, to get back in, in that area of the country. Um, but that, that'll definitely be big for recruiting and just the, the happiness of the coaching staff. But on, oh, on the football sure. side of things, looking at how Chip Kelly's run things and, and who knows how, how long he's here for, but just as, as a whole, what does that yeah. do for recruiting <laughs> on the football side for you, James? Well, I mean, too. So when I look at the different tweets, right, and where is Jerry Neuheisel this week? Where's Chip this week? Sam, you could tell me if I'm wrong, because we probably follow all the same accounts and different things. Mm-hmm. I feel like they never go past the state of Arizona. Nope. <laughs> it, it seems like they never go past the state of you Arizona. a hard whatever, line right? in Vegas. That's yes, as far as they go. <laughs> right. right. And I'm like, and I always just wonder, because people are like, what about recruiting? And just in general, right, for, for Chip. But um, it just makes you wonder, like, where where is um, that line, right? Where are they going with this? Yeah, I, I think it, it might be as long as Chip Kelly is there, this move might be detrimental to football recruiting because now you have Ohio State and Michigan who had been getting better at uh, recruiting on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming every year, so they don't have to make a Rose Bowl to show up in LA, and they're gonna mm-hmm. put they're gonna start putting out feelers and getting connections with Modern Day and St. John Bosco mm-hmm. and all these schools that USC and UCLA pull from so often. Um, so if you're USC, that's fine. You can chip away from some of their recruiting in the Midwest because you're going out there. But if yep. you're UCLA under this, this current regime, that doesn't really seem to want to recruit from anywhere other than the West. It's not, <laughs> it's not helping you and it's helping the other teams. So it might set you back mm-hmm. a little bit as long as that staff is in place. Well, I mean, too, I mean, maybe it gets you out there. Maybe it gives you the kick in the butt that you need to yeah, like, maybe. <laughs> to kind of go yeah maybe it's, it's a big maybe but you know you n- you never know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens again it's not like chip kelly hasn't ever been on the east coast before right? like he coached the philadelphia eagles and stuff like it he knows some stuff out there and and with some of his assistant coaches sure like i'm they're they're pretty familiar with the area out there you know people always say academics academics that's one of the things i always talk about with josh wood is like you know academics play a big part chip kelly always talks about that and he's looking for high character guys chip there are high character guys <laughs> past Vegas, you know, so we'll, we'll see if, if, if the high character guys, um, if, if that brand will, will be extended and looked uh, a little bit harder out in, into the Midwest and beyond. But it, it should it should be exciting. Um, we haven't gotten an official comment yet from any of those schools. Um, for, and, and by that, I mean, USC and UCLA. And maybe they weren't expecting to have to make a statement so soon. But yeah, I, one, one thing that stood out to me looking at John Wilner's um, initial report was we'd, um, if unless it's changed, it, one of the lines in it, and and I'm reading it, I work for the Orange County Register, John Wilner's stuff is published in the Orange County Register as well, so I'm reading this on um, ocregister.com. Um, a line in there says, it is not known whether the schools are joining the Big Ten in all sports or only in football or just in football and in men's basketball. So there's still some stuff, at least just from this um, initial report that I read from John Wilner. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you said others have probably confirmed. And yeah, said I think there was one that was motion. along those lines or uh, it, it, it clarified from, from uh, Ryan Carty uh, from the LA okay. Times. Yeah, LA um, Times. Mm-hmm. Where was it? He'd said something. There we go. Sources confirmed the LA Times that USC and UCLA are negotiating to join the Big Ten. Uh, Wilner was first. Sources tell LA Times that USC was impetus. 
the move is believed to include all sports except for beach volleyball. So that's according to, to the LA Times. Ryan Dang Carter. it. So, <laughs> and, and, so the, that, and the, the beach volleyball crowd is upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, maybe maybe they're happy. I, who knows? Because maybe. I, I, don't, right. they're, I don't know if there are many beaches in the Big Ten country. That's true. Uh, that's true, right. But, um, yeah, there are definitely a lot of different aspects to, to look mm-hmm. at when just kind of trying to break down this news. Uh, James, you talk about someone like an Ohio state coming out here and traveling. Well, mm-hmm. what, I don't know what matchups um, for let, let's go with football. Cause I feel like you only get one matchup. Yeah. Week. Those are the right, highest right. profile. What matchup are you looking forward to, to seeing UCLA play on a consistent basis, whether they're like, Oh, it's at Iowa or they're hosting Michigan or anything mm-hmm. like that. Well, well for me, of course, getting Ohio state, back here in the Rose Bowl and again just some of the local guys that are here um CJ Shroud is a quarterback for um Ohio State not saying that he will be in 2024 I mean he, he may be in the NFL by then but he's a mm-hmm. local kid a guy covered in high school at Rancho Cucamonga so seeing some of the guys that are you know and you normally when I'm covering the Rose Bowl I'm always looking for the local guys so you have Bosco guys modern day guys a lot of that local talent they're going to be excited to come back home and play or heck again, maybe this changes with recruiting and maybe you get some of these guys staying home to compete against some of these powerhouses, but I'm excited to see how an Ohio state does. And, and again, maybe how long it takes for a team like UCLA to be competitive with a team like Ohio state, again, getting Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh used to coach in the PAC 12 um, when he was with Stanford and, you know, he, and just seeing how he does I, I, having him in the pack, not in the PAC 12, but against the former PAC 12 teams, I think it would, will be pretty interesting um, to see. So th- th- those are just the big ones. Obviously those are the bigger schools. Those stick out to me, but again, too, like if I'm just looking at for what it is based on this season, obviously these, the teams from this season are matching up, but a team like an Iowa, who's like, you know, very good with, um just their style play and they know what they're doing and sometimes they don't make a whole lot of uh you know they're not doing glitz and glamour and it's not like cute football but it's just hard nose like this is iowa football against a team like ucla imagine how they would do against a dtr that would be kind of an interesting matchup i'd be excited about um so those are just some of the things that stand up for me in terms of matchups but um yeah yeah, yeah I, ma- I think mainly uh, those big two right yeah i think what's interesting too is I mean, you were talking about like CJ Stroud coming back to mm-hmm. LA and uh, just how that may going back to recruiting for a second. There might be guys who from, from Southern California who have been recruited by big 10 programs who are a little mm-hmm. afraid. Oh, I don't know if I want to leave home. Uh, but now if they hear, Oh, I mm-hmm. get to come home to LA twice a year, then yeah. they're, they're a mm-hmm. little more, a uh, little more into it. So Obviously, CJ, yeah, yeah. CJ Stroud went anyways, but if there's any mm-hmm. quarterbacks who he's like, well, I can be the starting quarterback at a Pac-12 program, be kind of close to home, or I can get on this bigger stage in the Big Ten and win national championships. Where do I want to go? I don't want to leave home. Mm-hmm. I, and, and now they get to come home anyway. So there will definitely be a lot of fun homecoming stories because the, the Ohio States and Michigans and Penn States, uh, they do have their a bit of a recruiting pull in Southern California already. Right. I, I do think that that's what i'm really excited for is penn state mm-hmm. ucla going to penn state i don't know penn if penn state, state yeah. would, would have their their official whiteout game 
for when UCLA right. comes, they'd probably save that for mm-hmm. one of their rivals or, or yeah. another local team or something. But I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard about it. I've heard nothing but good things about the whiteout and stuff. Yeah. It's how many times does UCLA have to play in just a, a, an awful, horrible, hostile environment? <laughs> Almost right. never. Cause you look at right. like, uh, I think Washington's attendance has been fine recently. Oregon, when mm. they're at their height, will will be loud. And Austin's a, a, obviously a, a great stadium. Um, but the Rose Bowl isn't getting full anymore. The Coliseum's not getting yeah. full anymore. Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, all these places with kind of middling attendance. Utah is a tough place to play because uh, mm-hmm. of the the location and the fans. Right, and but, I think they have like some sold out record for yeah. however many years. Now, but, yeah. but you look at Utah's environment versus a Penn State mm. or Ohio State or Michigan or <laughs> yeah. even like an SEC school like Alabama or mm-hmm. Auburn or Tennessee and all, all that kind of stuff. There's definitely more of a uh, put your head down and root for your team consistent tradition to Big Ten where Pac-12, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that the fans are fair weather because there are Pac-12 fans who are fans through and through, mm-hmm. but you do kind of notice when UCLA and USC have been down these past four years, it's not a coincidence that they're barely getting 50% capacity at their stadium. These big 10 schools are different. They they can be down and Michigan can be, they could be down, down. Yeah. Yeah. Big house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, again, I like, I'm getting right. As you were talking about that, I was getting flashbacks of the USC UCLA game um, where USC was down right by that point in the season. But you look around the Coliseum from the press box, you're like, it, they can have given these some of these seats away for free and filled this place up. But yeah. um, like, so it's exciting too, in a way, like into just like the last five minutes, I, some thoughts, I'm just going to rattle out that come to mind. Like, yeah. Oh, remember how big of a deal Oregon, Ohio state was at the beginning of the year. Like, again, maybe they do make a push for Oregon, but again, like just the excitement of PAC 12 teams. It, imagine what a USC and a um, Ohio state, what kind of buildup there will be for that. And it might take a little while before UCLA gets into that mix. But then I also think about, um, you know, what does it mean for the Rose Bowl? Like, well, first of all, what does it happen? What does it mean for the Pac-12? How much longer is the Pac-12 going to survive? What What is the Pac-12 going to look like in terms of, you know, we normally get, what, a Pac-12 team and a Big Ten team in the, in the Rose Bowl game? Yeah. If it's not USC representing the Pac-12, then it would just, I mean, one, it would just be Oregon again. But... Is that just going to be an easy end for Oregon into the Rose Bowl every year at this point? Maybe Washington steps up a little bit, but and then who 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 do they get to replace these teams? Are they are they going to call Boise State and um, San Diego State, or where do they go? How do how do they keep the Pac-12 conference alive if they keep the Pac-12 conference alive? Yeah, that's the interesting thing because you you look at last summer when Oklahoma and Texas left for the SEC when mm-hmm. those moves were made it was pretty clear that none of the remaining big 12 schools were also going to go to the sec. So then the discussion was, is the big big 12 going to stay the same or are the schools going to go their separate ways? Mm -hmm. I I think that we will reach that point in the conversation with the PAC 12 eventually, but the first step will be, well, is Oregon going to try to go to the big 10 is Washington Mm -hmm. going to try to go Cal Stanford. Are they going to try to go to the big 10? Which is a different situation. You didn't really hear too many people about, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and TCU trying to yeah. get to the SEC. Um, but, and then once you get past that, uh, if Oregon and, and Washington decide to go or are able to go or are voted in, 
at that point, you have eight schools in the big in the Pac-12. Do you add? Mm-hmm. Do you basically just poach the biggest players in the Mountain West? Uh, I, I didn't. Yeah. Because much. you're you kind of because the Big Twelve had the they like I said they weren't losing anyone else to the SEC. They just had mm-hmm. to protect from other conferences, and then they can build back up. They added BYU and Cincinnati and UCF. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the Pac-12 going to do that if they get gutted and lose? stanford cal washington and oregon after this uh, why wouldn't yeah maybe maybe if you lose Arizona's, oregon and washington oof yeah maybe the arizonas go to the big 12 at, at mm-hmm. that point if you lose more than you've already lost as a pac-12 i think it might get dissolved you have to keep what you have and then worry about poaching other teams from the mountain west right. and, and wherever because if you get ahead That's of true. yourself then and, and you focus too much on bringing in boise state and san diego state then mm-hmm. Oregon, Washington, behind the scenes, are going to be planning to how they're going to jump shit. Yeah, to it's like yeah, you're trying to you're trying to hurt all your cattle and stuff and keep them all together, but you're also looking at new cattle, right, and, and new new people to bring in. But then you're 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 letting uh, you're not paying too close attention to what may be leaving through the gate. And again, I feel like maybe we didn't see this with Oklahoma, Texas, and maybe because the bleeding stopped right after, and it was just those two, and because. You, there's not a whole lot of teams that are willing to maybe jump into the SEC just because of how cutthroat it is. But with the Pac-12, like, I feel like this move, one, I think one of the biggest things for me is maybe maybe this is more of a USC thing, but I think it speaks highly of where maybe UCLA is looked at or looked upon, right? Like, as a big market team, as a team that has the potential to be great just for, for the value of everybody, right? And if the Pac-12 loses that, especially like the basketball program for UCLA, for example, like how do they fill that void? And again, maybe San Diego state and Boise state and teams like that could be the answer. But if you lose another two more teams or something like that, like I feel like this has the potential to ruin and dissolve a conference, whether that, whether it becomes the mountain West or or whatever, whatever conference it may be, because you're having to restock the big, the PAC 12, Mm -hmm. you restock the PAC 12, but you're, you're, still going to end up eating through another conference and maybe that other conference is able to, to rebuild with some other teams but everybody reshuffles and one you know and, and there's yeah, always it's, it's not unprecedented because that happened mm-hmm. in the big east back in that that yep. that realignment 10 years ago when mm-hmm. when all those teams were uh, whoever was in it was cincinnati or west virginia or, uh, and then you mm-hmm. had like like yukon leave i'll say yukon and, yeah uh that the big east in football doesn't really exist anymore yeah and yeah there's still a thing in basketball maybe that could happen with the pac-12 good it who knows except that that's that's the weird thing it's not like all the schools who are left are basketball schools like oregon is a football school washington's a football school uh honestly probably the only school that is a basketball first school that's left is arizona and, mm-hmm. and I mean, is Arizona just going to be the new Gonzaga? <laughs> Are they just going to dominate yeah, right. a not so right. good men's basketball conference? Mm-hmm. Who knows? There, there are so many dominoes to fall. But uh, I just want to bring up another uh, tweet from Wilner um, okay. that, that I just saw from 10 minutes ago. It says, source, USC, UCLA could top $100 million annually in media rights in the Big Ten. So I don't know if that's each or combined. 
but uh that's a lot more than they were getting from uh, a, from the pac 12 network <laughs> yeah that, that's the no, thing because sure. not only are, are they probably gonna uh, have some partnership with with Fox or ESPN or however the, the Big Ten mm-hmm. works out this next media deal, but so it's not like they're going from a normal media deal with the Pac-12 to a bigger normal media deal with the, with the Big Ten. They're mm-hmm. going to be going from the worst media deal ever with the just god awful Pac-12 network. No offense yeah. to anyone who works there; it's not a talent thing. It's, it's no, no, it's, it's availability, no. <laughs> it's production, and, and yeah, just right. all, all that. They have good weird folks over there. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going from that just awful small tiny situation to an absolute mega deal yeah so, no, for sure yeah there were reports that this was mostly a financially uh guided driven. decision and yeah mm-hmm. it was very very financially driven and it makes sense when you look at that hundred million dollar number if they were making 19 million dollars yeah. from the full conference payout annually mm-hmm. and now they're going to be making i mean depending on how you interpret this either 50 or 100 million dollars annually that's that's not bad how can you say no to that that's the thing and you yeah it's crazy you can't say no but i don't know i i'm i'm curious though because we say you can't say no to that but Mm -hmm. at some point this had to have been sparked apparently by usc but ucla obviously Mm -hmm. had a part to play in all of this um credit to martin jarman for for being able to pull the trigger on this and Apparently, there's going to be an announcement coming today or tomorrow, depending on whose sources you're you're hearing from. But mm. it it looks like it's a, it's a done deal, and Martin Jarman got it to that finish line. And a lot of people were were kind of falling off off the the Martin Jarman they, train. They they were, and I thought that was crazy. <laughs> I had yeah, people like I, I don't I don't know about Martin, and I'm like, wait, what what about Martin? Like, what's I, I wrong think with a Martin? lot of it had to do with with people who weren't happy about the Chip Kelly extension, which when you compare to this yeah. situation, is such small potatoes. A yeah, like right. pseudo <laughs> maybe kind of two year extension that reads mm-hmm. as four, but they really only added three years, right. and there's no buyout after the first two, so it's a a mm-hmm. small two-year extension that cuts his buyout in half, just playing it safe and a takes him play. into that, and that's it, into that 2024 season, right? Yeah. Like so, I mean, so people were getting on on Jarmond for this move that mm-hmm. is apparently going to be financially inconsequential. Does not matter. UCLA yeah, has been in yeah, debt for yeah. three years now. Their athletic department has it, exactly. They've been in the red, out. right? That that yes. is gone. Yes. I know Wilner's mm-hmm. run a lot of numbers on that recently and over the past yeah. few years. And, and there yes, are a lot has. of problems. And just the fact that UCLA is is pulling the trigger on this and that Martin Jarman went to Gene Block or whoever to to convince mm-hmm. them to make this move shows that I don't think there was a whole lot of convincing, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he just uh, showed showed them the, the napkin with the math on it. Yes, right. uh, and said, mm, you like, but yeah, uh-huh, maybe right. maybe that's a the fact that the athletic department was willing to make this move that that pulled the trigger on this move saw the the big dollar signs and made the move maybe it's a sign that the the values are changing that they're ready to move into the future because mm-hmm. look at how they allocated money and, and and stuff about high interest loans to their own athletic department that was kind of um just it was hurting Messy. their own athletic <laughs> department yeah. and maybe this is a sign that that's going to change. Maybe they're going to be mm-hmm. more modern with how they spend money in athletics, whether that's in NIL or with facilities or with loans or getting out of debt. 
there's a lot of mm-hmm. financial nitty gritty stuff that will definitely get broken down as this becomes official, but oh, yeah. it, it definitely seems like a, a change of pace for this UCLA administration. Oh, for sure. And again, like that's why it kind of boggled my mind when people are like, oh, I don't know. They started to sour on Martin Jarman. I'm like, he brought you a Nike deal. He brought, you know, they, things are turning around. I mean, no, he didn't bring in Mick Cronin or Chip Kelly, but those teams are starting to look up. If there's any two teams on that campus, you need to start looking up. It's those two teams. You know, he guided them through the pandemic. And I thought for me, that was a big thing with him and Chip. It's like, I think Chip stays because one, their first year together and how they went about building a relationship and a working relationship was based on how they were going to make navigate through the pandemic. And so I thought they were close. Um, and, and I thought that was that was going to be in favor of Chip for keeping him to stay. Again, I'm kind of curious. Let's say he does only stay for the next two years and they get to 2024. You don't want to be the football program for UCLA looking for a new coach in 2024, right? Because we saw what happened the last time they they lost their or they made a coaching change. Everybody left the program. That's something me and Josh Woods were talking about last week and the week before. How much a coaching change can change. You don't want to be in the middle of a coaching change when you get into the Big Ten, right? Like that's the last thing you want going on. Yes, but I'll, I'll throw this in. I, I just feel like whenever you make a coaching change, no matter what the timing is in, mm-hmm. in the modern college football landscape with um, with the transfer waiver and NIL and uh, COVID eligibility some guys still have and super seniors, your program's mm-hmm. going to get gutted no matter what if you have yeah. a head coaching change. You That's can true. bring in a new head coach like USC did with Lincoln Riley and immediately mm-hmm. make up for that lost production and you're still starting from scratch just with more talent. Uh, but it's going to happen inevitably. I, I don't think that should play a part in whatever future decisions come. I, I don't, I don't want to see Chip go six and six in 2023 and have him say, yeah. well, we're going to the big 10 next year. We'd rather have yeah. him yeah. a new guy. Screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the new guy. <laughs> if, if, if the program takes a few <laughs> steps back, if he's winning and he wants to stay great, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, that's not scaring me off of any potential coaching changes that the, the timing is going to be bad no matter what. Well, and I think that's a good point, though, that you mentioned it because now that you're in the big, you're going to be in the Big Ten. What maybe what opportunities or doors does that open for you in terms of what coaches may be available to you? Right? Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. who wants to who wants to jump into that? Because when we were talking about okay, if Chip leaves, who 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 is it going to be? Heck, I don't know. Like, who wants to go to the the Pac-12 where you know, like where USC, Oregon. Washington are kind of the cream of the crop there year in and year out, um, you know, or, and then I didn't even mention Utah, but Utah as well, but yeah, I mean, you get them in the pack, you get them in the big 10, maybe they look, maybe, especially when you got all this kind of money and stuff now, maybe you, you decide to be a little splashier with the move. Maybe the boosters will get a little bit more rallied up and excited about what the future can be. And they're willing to throw a little bit more money down. So I'd be kind of curious to see what kind of coaches they, what kind of, uh, coaching candidates they may be able to get in obviously that's looking a little too far ahead um you know chip kelly is here for the meantime a lot of people speak highly of chip kelly think he's a genius um but i think at the when i just think about this news today in general i just don't see how it's just those two teams usc and ucla that are the only ones making this move but at the moment so it's the big 10 um so what it and but I know it gets kind of complicated because not everyone sticks to their number. Are they still at 12 team? Are they at 12 I think teams they now were, with USC I think and UCLA? They were at, uh I think that, that might take them up to 14. 
or they would already be at 14 then. Okay. Yeah, because I'm thinking they were, they were at 12 and the Big 12 had gone to 10. That's what happened. That's the, why. That's yeah. why I get confused with the two conferences all the time. Like I'm yeah. like, huh? <laughs> but that's why I'm kind of curious. So maybe they don't need to add. Maybe. See, and that's the thing too. What is the schedules? What are the schedules going to look like, right? Because with this whole alliance talk, you were thinking about, oh, maybe we're going to get more. Um, more of a you're you're gonna get what you're not getting this year, right? For that UCLA schedule where you have like Alabama State. I'm trying to think who, who's on the schedule. South Alabama State, Alabama, South Alabama, and and, yeah. and Bowling Green. Like you wouldn't get that if there was the alliance. You definitely aren't getting that if you get um Ohio State, Michigan on the schedule. And what, what does that mean for your non-conference? Maybe your non-conference, if Stanford and Cal don't come over, you keep those rivalries um, around through that as your non-conference play, right? Yeah, and maybe USC you know, always Stanford. Did, does that with Notre Dame. Like, there's yeah, like, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame's always going to be in that mix for USC, so it keeps the door open there, right? Like, I like that. And what, Notre doesn't Notre Dame play Michigan every year too and stuff? So. Uh, I I'm not sure if it's Something every like year, but a lot. Um, but, but there's yeah, a lot I'm of history looking, there, too. Yeah, so, so the Big Ten yeah. already had 14. Uh, when we were going okay. over teams earlier, we forgot about uh, Minnesota and Nebraska and Northwestern. There are those teams that are in there, oh, yeah. too. Um, but you, you bring up the Alliance, and we'll, we'll probably start winding down here soon, but I want to bring up the yeah. Alliance for a sec. Does, does this break up the Alliance? Because I, I feel like they were all on such good terms last year. Whether it's the commissioner, they had the, the joint the press conference, right? It was, and they yeah, were it was great, all great, happy go family. Just go kumbaya, everyone's feeling good. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, does George Klyevkov feel like he just got his number one media market poached, got stolen away from him mm -hmm. by someone that was supposed to be an ally, uh, uh, so someone who worked alongside him, and now? They're competing Not, directly against each other for yeah. these top teams in the top market outside of New York. And it's probably the top college market out there because I know, I know Rutgers mm -hmm. is close to New York and, and right, mm -hmm. New York has a lot of people, but it's not yeah. really a college town or anything. Yeah, that's true. And so he just, George Glevkov just got LA swept out from under him. What is the PAC 12 if it doesn't have LA? So maybe yeah, exactly. he makes it work, but even if he does, he is not going to be happy with, with with uh kevin warren over at the big 10 did, is this the did warren just like pull out a jenga block and break this whole thing down yeah, right yeah they did they did they uh i don't know self-inflicting right um yeah it's a friendly fire it's interesting yeah well friend that's better we're a friendly fire because and so that's why i was confused like i get confused sometimes I'm like wait who was in the alliance and it was so it was the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, and so not the Big Twelve, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, it wasn't the Big Twelve. Um, now that I think about it, but yeah, and again, there's always this talk of two team conferences or, or like two major conferences or, or or one major conference, right? I think when Oklahoma and Texas went, that's all they were saying is let the SEC go off on their own. It's just too it's too OP, as the kids say, too overpowered with um, with Texas. Now, um, with Texas, Oklahoma on top of an Alabama and everybody else, but I don't know if, if the big if the Big Ten is gonna kind of be interesting. You and you, Ohio State and Michigan are staying around, and those teams can build up. I, I mean, I don't think this is starting to make up for a bad secondary conference, you know, going going forward. Again, I just still think they make a play for Oregon, like. I, I think with the Oregon makes a play for the Big Ten. At the, at the, there you go. That, that's that's one which, way to that's which, one which way might to, come yeah. together. Um, yeah. Because I, if you're the Big Ten going into this media deal and everything, how much do you mm -hmm. really value Eugene? 
I mean, yeah. you get Portland in there too, and you get a lot of mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest, especially you get Seattle if you bring Washington in. There are notable markets out there, but they kind of pale in comparison to, I mean, right? I saw, I think it was Nicole Auerbach from the Athletic. It was someone at the Athletic who, who mm-hmm. put this together that the Big Ten now has, I think, five of the top seven media markets in the country. They have LA, um, with obviously the two LA schools coming yeah. in. Maryland is in the DC market. Rutgers is in the New York market, Northwestern in the Chicago market. You have Detroit, you have um, uh, Indianapolis, you have um, you have Pittsburgh and, and, and Philadelphia. And yeah. there's definitely um, just a lot of media power in this new look mm-hmm. Big Ten. You, you were talking about the, the mega conferences, though, and I think just prediction, gut instinct here, I think – maybe give it like six years we're gonna have three conferences i think notre dame is going to join the acc as some kind of partial member something to keep yeah. their their nbc keep their, and everything. their tv deal yeah yeah but knowing where it's heading join the acc as, a, as an unofficial member or whatever mm-hmm. and then the rest of the pac-12 i think is gonna split up some will join the big 10 maybe someone join the big 12 and then you have four conferences um but maybe the the SEC poaches some other teams and the ACC and big 10 poach other teams and, and the big 12 ceases to exist, even though they just added uh, Cincinnati's and BYU's and UCF's and mm-hmm. all that. Um, there's, there are a lot of dominoes that have just been tipped over, but in like eight different yep. directions. So th- yeah. this is going to impact a ton of different things. It's, it goes back to Jenga. Like you said, right. You have this structure, right. Of NCAA and just the conferences and you pull one block, and that first block was Oklahoma, Texas last year, but now you're pulling another one with USC and UCLA, and you really are having that pile crumble and go in all different directions. Like, that's literally what college football is, is the, just a big Jenga mess right now, and I'm kind of here for it. I love it. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's good. It's good. It'll be, it'll like, be fun to cover, it, that's sure. The discourse is fun. <laughs> It, it is. And again, like I mentioned before, I'm excited for Pac-12 media and I'm Pac-12 media day and whatever storylines are going to come out of that. And it's like I keep going back to the Oklahoma text thing and like what what is this? What are the storylines going to look like? What is the, the scuttlebutt going to be of like maybe they leave a year earlier? Maybe, you know, maybe they're going to force their way out or what. But and I can just hear Chip Kelly now. We're not looking that far ahead. We're just worried about the here and now. We're worried about today. Right. We're, we just want to have a good Monday. Um, I know George Kliokov is not having a good Wednesday or what is today? Thursday. He's not yeah, having a Thursday. good Thursday. He probably, <laughs> he probably didn't have a good Wednesday either because I'm sure he had to know some of this was coming. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Probably. Like, cause I think, um, I forget who it was, um, who was saying that they, the, the big 10 leadership basically had an unofficial straw poll last night and, and voted to bring in these teams. So at that point, I'm sure Kliokov knew and, there's going to be an official vote today, probably an announcement tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing, so yeah. it, these this week is a bad week for the Pac-12. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. July yeah. July first is the the first day that in the the crumbling of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. There, there's 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 going to be so much ground to cover. And again, that this is only what now maybe two hours removed from the news coming out so there's going to be so much more conversation so much more um that will be taking place just leading up to pac media day sam like i told you i'll be seeing you out 
there. I already inquired about it before all this stuff happened, but now I'm I'm poking the bear. Hey, I need to go. I want to go. Like this this is gonna be can't miss. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, I'm curious to know what George has to say, right? Like, because they got up there at the beginning and talked to the media members and answered questions. And that the Pac-12 Media Day last year, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but Pac-12 Media Day last year was what the day before or after. No, it was either the day after or the same day as Oklahoma Texas leaving, wasn't it? Because I remember I that was, it was the, the day after. Or maybe it was the day it became official. Yeah, um, because and it, like, that, that was, was a, that was a big topic yeah. of discussion. You're right. Mm -hmm. so so we'll see uh now it's our turn to kind of ask those questions and see where (laughs) where all this stuff goes but anything else before we kind of wrap up here sam uh no i'm not uh, i don't know like you said there's a lot to talk about and that Mm -hmm. we will be talking about in in the coming weeks um but today i feel like i I pretty much got everything off my chest (laughs) yeah uh everything there is to say uh for now you know obviously as more details come out um, so again, I highly encourage you guys to make sure you go check out both podcasts. Just type in "Believe in UCLA" and you'll find both the one with Sam Conan and 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 mine. Uh, we do we talk more about football. Sam does more of the basketball, but well, you'll get a lot of crossover on both. You know, obviously, I'm co-hosting with Josh Woods, and um, you know, he keeps his eye on all UCLA sports, so basketball as well. We'll talk about basketball a little bit, um, but we always make sure to reference and throw it over to Sam for for a more deep dive discussion than, than what a couple of football guys are talking about on the football podcast. But um, again, I highly encourage you guys to make sure you guys are going ahead and downloading and, and uh, subscribing to both podcasts. You don't want to miss it. Um, again, we're, we have to be within a couple of weeks of the football season uh, or not the football season, but from the fall summer fall camps kind of getting started up here for football. And um, Sam, I might be seeing you back out there soon. Yeah, can't, can't can't wait. We'll be back on campus in a whole new light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for you, especially for you. But yeah, that should be um, exciting. Um, is there anything you guys are talking about over on the UCLA uh, basketball podcast before we kind of wrap up that that you want the fans to know about? Uh, I the, the last episode we did a lot of talking about the NBA draft. Um, mm-hmm. Peyton Watson going to the to Nuggets in the first round, where the undrafted guys were going. And, also how recruiting is shaking out new uh, assistant coaches focus on international uh, stuff, mm-hmm. big June in terms of offers and, and showcases. So uh, Travis Reed and I talked to, talked a lot about that, but looking forward, uh, we'll just be keeping an eye on the headlines and uh, seeing what everyone wants to hear <laughs> when it comes to UCLA basketball yeah. and UCLA sports as a whole. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. So if you're a UCLA football fan and you're checking it out from um, from our podcast feed, make sure, again, you guys are going over and you're downloading um, Sam's podcast as well and getting a lot of that uh, basketball talk as well. Um, Sam, one thing, if you guys haven't talked about it already, I want to know about Johnny Juzang and how he was supposed to be this high pick last year and and or the year before. And now he, he went undrafted. So I'll I'll let you guys talk about that on the on the podcast. <laughs> I'll be listening. I, I I need to know more about that. So if you guys are talking about that on the on the podcast anytime soon, or if you haven't already, um, I'm going and I'm looking for that because I need some explanation. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, other than that, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, um, we're gonna have our Twitter handles down in the bio below. So make sure if you have any comments or questions, make sure you um, feel free to reach out. And again. Um, don't forget to download and subscribe. Anything before um, any any final words, Sam? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Subscribe, download both pods. Um, mm-hmm. If you're 
like like James is saying, if you're coming over from that side, we're we're yeah. happy to welcome you over to the other side of the the Believe in mm-hmm. UCLA family. And uh, from from our side, go listen to to uh, James as, as as well. It's definitely a good group over there, good duo. Mm-hmm. And and we'll put uh, we'll have both links to the podcast in in the description, so that way you guys can just look through this, the the description. You guys can find it right away and, and head on over there and make sure you download and subscribe. And subscribe. Other than that, thank you guys so much. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.